Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Truth. I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Hessen, back with another episode here in The Truth. Back with AJ Ponciano. AJ, how are you doing here today? I'm doing good now. How have you been? I've been pretty good as well. Today, ladies and gentlemen, we're continuing our On the Court series, episode number four, as we're going to be taking a closer look at the Toronto Raptors. If you guys have seen the previous three episodes, or if you haven't, I should say, you definitely should go check those out. We have gone over three major teams here in the NBA, especially in this Atlantic division. First off, we kicked things off the Boston Celtics, then we went over the Brooklyn Nets, and most recently the Philadelphia 76ers. And again, we've had a team like the Toronto Raptors, which is very interesting. Not too long ago, they had won an NBA championship. We're going to go ahead and talk about the Raptors this season and see if they have a chance to make a championship once again. So for those that are new to the on the court, how it basically works is we're going to go over each individual team in the spam of 30 days. And how it works individually inside the show is we'll go over our three key players, our bust, breakout, sleeper, team MVP, key draft picks, offseason move, two keys to success, and our standings prediction for the upcoming year. So without further ado, AJ Ponciano, kick us away with your three key players for the Toronto Raptors this season. So for my first key player, uh, I'm going to go Pascal Siakam. Seems like a lot's been running through him. Uh, a lot of the system, a lot of the schemes have been running through Pascal Siakam. He had a really good year last year. I think he had more of an underrated, more of the un- one of the more underrated years that, uh, in the league last year. Average twenty four point two points. 7.8 rebounds, 5.8 assists. Still only 29 years old. Uh, I think a lot of systems going to run through him. I, if I'm not wrong, there was talks about him potentially getting traded uh, to one more contenders. That's what he's looking for. It seems like the Raptors were kind of con- contemplating it for a little bit, but I don't think uh, at the end of the day he will be traded. I think that he's going to need to be that veteran leader here this team. Uh, especially for how how young this team has gotten the last couple of years. Uh, moving on from Fred, Fred Van Vliet, some of these other guys who have stepped up as well. Uh, I think Siakam's going to be there for a while, for a little while, and I think I don't think he's going to get traded. Next one, I have Scotty Barnes. I really like Scotty Barnes. I think he's going to take the next step this year. Uh, he last year had an okay year, basically matched his rookie year, very similar similar year to his rookie year. I have 15.3 points, 6.6 rebounds, 4.8 assists, 22, 22 years old, 6'8", uh, forward there, small forward, power forward, kind of dual combo that he plays. I really like Sky Bars. I think, like I said, I think he's going to take a next step this year. Uh, I think he's probably going to – I think he's going to lead the team this year. He's going to be – a lot of the offense start running through him a little bit more. He's going to get a lot more shots, uh, and he's going to be more of a focal point there. My last one, I'm going to go for OG Anobi. Still also one of the more young guys. Still only 26 years old. Last year, averaged 16.8 points, five rebounds, two assists. Uh, again, no more of those small four power four kind of combo guards at 6'7", uh, 232 pounds. Uh, he's just been a really solid player for them. Uh, early on in his career, he didn't play a whole lot or get a lot of the attention there with Van Vliet, uh, Siakam, taking a lot more of that away from him, uh, Kawhi Leonard when he was there. I think OG, he's definitely grown into his, more of his own, and I think he's going to stay right around that 16, 17 points per game. Yeah, so my first one's going to be Pasco Siakam. I think he's the leader of this Raptors team. He's been there for a period of time. Uh, Pasco Siakam is one of those guys. He's a 2016 draft class guy. So I wouldn't say he's 
old, but I also wouldn't say he's young. He's right in the middle there. I mean, some would argue maybe he's right in his prime there. But Pascal Siakam, I've always loved. I just loved everything about him. I thought he was one of those guys that was huge for the Toronto Raptors when they won, you know, their championship. Last season, he had a career high in points at 24.2. And this season, I think he has the opportunity to maybe beat his career high there and continue to be the dominant force there for the Raptors on the offensive side. He also does it too on the defensive side. He shares the ball well and is a good rebounder, which is one of the reasons why he's, you know, one of the stars in the league. He's a star that not a lot of people really talk about, though, because he's not one of those guys that's a LeBron James. He's not one of those guys that's going to be, you know, a Joel Embiid, a Nikola Jokic, or, you know, an Anthony Davis or something like that. But he's just a consistent star. And when you have a lot of consistent stars, you have a lot of success. He reminds me a lot of um, maybe a Macau Bridges or even. Um, uh, other guys like that, just because, I mean, for some reason, I don't think they get the credit they deserve. Like a Didwitty, that was the other guy I was trying to think of. So, um, you know, I think he's one of those guys that, again, he's a star in the eyes of the Raptors, maybe not the NBA, but who cares? As long as he's able to lead the Raptors into the promised land, and help them get back to their championship ways, I think he has an opportunity to do that this season. Next, you talked about him previously, but I'm going to go with OG Anawanobi. I can never say his name right. Um, but anyways, he's another one of those guys. He's a year after, which a lot of people think he's extremely young, and he's really not. I mean, he's 26 years old. He's one of those guys that's been consistent for the Raptors as well. He's been one of those guys that a lot of Raptors fans are excited about. He's also been with Toronto his entire career. Um, you know, been there with Nick Nurse back when they had won the championship, all that good stuff. And for OG whatever OG let's just stick with OG last season 16.8 points two assists five rebounds picked up uh, 0.7 blocks and averaged two steals per game so another one of those like role-playing guys and for OG and Pascal Siakam it's a really good combination that the two have kind of like a dynamic duo one of the dynamic duos that maybe compared against some of the other teams in the Eastern Conference isn't great but for Toronto, it's really great. And I think it's going to be another season for him. Him and Siakam are basically best buds. They came out from the same time. And uh, they both you know, have intentions and aspirations of leading the Raptors back to, uh, to winning a championship. And then finally, I'm going to go with Dennis Schroeder. This might be kind of a weird one. Dennis Schroeder now on the Toronto Raptors, for those that didn't know. Last season, 12.6 points, 2.5 rebounds, 4.5 assists per game. Another one of those role players. But, you know, for him as a whole, as a point guard, you know, I think it's going to be interesting to see this dynamic between him, guys like OG, guys like Pascal Siakam, and what impact Dennis Schroeder is going to be able to make for them. Because he is a guy that's a good scorer, but he's also a good guy, you know, a playmaker, facilitator. And that's something that they need, especially with Fred Van Fleet no longer there. Um, even though Fred Van Fleet was like a shooting guard, I do think it's important for, you know, the, the, the Raptors to have a guy like Dennis Schroeder commanding in the middle and have a guy like him kind of helping facilitate these other stars that they have on the team. He is a savvy vet. He is a point guard that's been there, done that. And, um, you know, he's one of those guys that is going to continue to do that, especially at the age that he's at. So there's just a lot of good things right on Dennis Schroeder this season. And you look at those big three, in my opinion, Dennis Schroeder, um, OG, as well as Pascal Siakam, is a lot of recipe for success. And that's something that, you know, is, is hopeful for Raptors fans. But some question if it's a little bit too late, you know, is Dennis Schroeder too old or is Pascal Siakam and OG past their primes, whatever. We'll, we'll have to see. But for now, I mean, it's a solid big three. It's not the big three that, you know, the Celtics have or other teams like that, but it's a big three that works for them. And it worked for them, not necessarily all three, but OG and Pasco worked for them when they won their championship. And if they want to get back to their winning ways, they got to find a way to kind of go back to their roots. And, and I wouldn't say start over because start over is not the right, um, I guess, saying, but um, re rebirth what they, what they had done. All right, go ahead and give me your bust. So my bust is going to be Dennis Schroeder. I mean, 
you touched on him over just turned 30 years old, had a really good uh, series uh, of games for Team Germany in the FIBA basketball uh, tournament. He played really well. Uh, but the reason why I was bust is that I don't think he's going to have the greatest year uh, scoring-wise. And that's why I have more of the bust. I think there's a lot more guys that they want to get more involved. Obviously, Pascal is going to be a big one. Uh, I've like I said, I think Sky Barnes is going to take a big jump. OG is going to take a lot of shots. They're going to want to integrate Grady Dick uh, a decent amount, especially him being a rookie. He's I think he's going to be a pretty good game changer there for them. I see uh, Dennis Schroeder being more of that true point guard role. So I think his points per game is going to go down. It went down by two points last year. And we saw that uh, with a team with LeBron and AD where they have main focal focal point scoring. And that's only two guys. I think those are at least two, three guys that they are going to have in front of him that they're going to want to get a good amount of the shots off during a game. And I think sure he's going to be more of that true point guard. Last year averaged 4.5 assists. I could see him sitting around seven uh, assists per game, probably right around eight to 10 points, that right around that two to three rebounds as well. I don't think he's going to have a bad year. I think he's going to, I think he's going to have to transition his game a little bit more to being more of that true point guard, especially also guys like Gary Trent, who they've uh, relied on heavily the last couple of years. So mine's going to be Jacob Porto, center there for the Raptors. I mean, we look at the centers as centers for the Raptors. I just don't like Porto at all this season. 12.5 points, 9.1 rebounds, 2.7 assists. Precious uh, is a guy that I'm going to talk about a little bit later, who, you know, is another guy that I think is more of an impactful season potentially than, you know, Jacob Porto. He's just your typical big man, especially when you got guys like OG and Adamanobi, as well as um, Pascal Siakam. I just don't see a lot of area of success potentially for Jacob Porto to have success this season. He is 27 years old, again, kind of right around the mixer of Pascal and OG. But for me, I'm just avoiding him as far as all costs for fantasy purposes. I'm avoiding him just in general, and I don't think he's going to help the Raptors this season. I think more than anything, I wouldn't say hurts the right word because I don't think he can necessarily hurt them, but compared to what he's expected to do this season, what they've talked about in training camps and all that stuff, I think you definitely um, are going to be a little bit disappointed by him at least to start this season. And as time goes on, we'll see if he's able to adjust and overcome. Okay, your breakout player. So my breakout player is guy yeah, you just mentioned, Precious Achua. I think Achua is going to have a really good year. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Joachim Pertl either. I think that he was solid, at, solid backup uh, big man for them. Uh, but I think this is going to be Achua's time. He was in that Kyle Lowry trade. That's what was the main part of it. There, uh, Achua last year averaged nine point two points. Uh, he doesn't get a lot of blocks. He only averaged half a half, half a block last year. Uh, being that being the big man there, but almost 24 years old, still averaged six rebounds, about one assist, uh, 48.5% from the field. His efficiency, uh, field goal percentage is, is 52%. So you can see that he doesn't shoot a lot of threes, but he shoots some, shot 27% last year. Free throw percentage went way up, went 10 points higher than his uh, career average just last season. Points are up, rebounds are up. I think they're going to want to definitely use him more. I mean, he was the 20th pick uh, for good reason. Reasoning, I think that was someone that the Heat really didn't want to use. But when Lowry came, uh, went onto the table for a trade, I think that it worked out for both teams really well. Uh, as mentioned, Pearl, I'm not a big fan of him. A little bit older. And they really don't have many true uh, centers on this team. Uh, Christian Colaco, I think that's how you pronounce something like that. He's not bad, but he, he rotates through sometimes. Same with... Uh, 
Chris Boucher. Uh, he they both rotate uh, in and out. I think Achua is that younger center that they're going to want to rely on and try to uh, start get him into more games uh, hit between him and uh, Yakum. Yeah, Preston Achua is my breakout player as well. I mean, it kind of goes coincided with Akub Potel um, for you know why the reason why I don't think you know. Um, it's going to be a good season for him. But, I mean, Precious, he's got all the tools he needs. I feel like he's better than Potel to begin with. And um, I think a lot of people are really going to be able to see kind of what Precious is going to be able to do for the Raptors this season and really moving forward. It's 23 years old. Some, you know, would maybe say that he's the future center there for Toronto. We obviously saw early on with the Heat, didn't really make much of an impact. And he really hasn't – I mean, he's made an impact for the Raptors, but that's why he's uh, my breakout player. I think he's going to make that much more of an impact this season. And he's really going to get his name out there. He's one of the more prolific guys in the league as time goes on. And that's why I think the Raptors are, are hopeful for at least, you know, building up these guys and um, waiting to see when they develop and when they're able to have success. And one of the biggest things in the NBA is chemistry and having guys that, that be chemistry-wise. And for I feel like compared to a lot of other teams, they do have high chemistry with these guys. I mean, the guys like OG and Pascal, like I've talked about a million times, have been there for a while. Precious has been there now for a couple of seasons. And it, it adds up. It really does. You, you start to figure out, you know, who's what strengths are what and, you know, who has certain weaknesses and all that stuff. And it helps tremendously as far as the title run. And that's why the Raptors were able to have success and win a championship. For me, you know, Precious is poised for a big season. I wouldn't be surprised if he averages a double-double a game. Last season, nine points, uh, six rebounds. Wouldn't be surprised if he averages a double-double. You know, averages maybe a steal per contest as well as a block. I mean, a lot of good things to, to look up there for Precious this season. All right, go ahead and give me your sleeper. So, for my sleeper, I have Otto Porter Jr. Last year, I only played eight games, averaged five point. Five points, two point three rounds, one assist. Shot fifty percent from the field, thirty five percent from three. Uh, went down last year after those eight games with a foot injury. Got surgery on it, so it wasn't a, lig- a ligament uh, type damage. Uh, it was just a broken foot. Uh, so obviously in the NBA, you can't play on a broken foot. It's one of those things that kind of won't work out well. Uh, but I think that he's going to be a solid role player. He's obviously not going to be one of the main scorers, but he's going to be that guy who comes off the bench and has a really good game here and there. I got to see it firsthand watching him play with the Warriors. Uh, he'll have a good, a really good night just here and there. Uh, he is a little bit older. He's only 30. He's still 30 years old, uh, which is kind of surprising. I feel like he's been on every single team in the NBA. He's bounced around. He's been, he was drafted back in 2013. So what he's pushing year nine, almost 10, something along those lines since he was drafted. Uh, but he was uh, the third overall pick for a reason. I think that he's going to be solid. I saw a role player at this point in his career, though. Uh, and again, he's going to be one of those guys coming off the bench. This lineup's going to be really solid, the starting lineup. It's just how's the bench going to do and be able to hold up? And I think he's going to be one of those one of the more uh, guys that lean on as being that uh, veteran presence off the bench. So mine's going to be Scotty Barnes. I know you talked about him earlier. I think, you know, maybe that's one of the reasons why I put him as a sleeper is because I'm even sleeping on him. He's 22 years old. I feel like he's a lot older than that. I was playing two seasons for the Raptors. Both seasons averaged 15.3 points a game. Just a really good role player. And especially this season, probably going to be the starting three there. Has the opportunity to play the four at times as well. Um, he's very versatile for where he's at. And I think that's one of the reasons why the Raptors do like him a lot. And the Raptors, you know, have had success with, was success with him in the past. And if the Raptors want to have success, Scotty Barnes is going to be one of those guys. For me, I just don't feel like he's quote-unquote established himself yet. 
I think, you know, he has a lot of potential to establish himself and be a very dominant force in the league. And that's one of the reasons why I'm sleeping on him. But don't be surprised if he averages another 15 points a game or even gets upwards of 20, something like that, and turns into a guy that is consistently scoring 20 points a season. He's also a good versatile three, good at rebounding, uh, passing the ball, defense, all that good stuff. And so all in all, he's a good overall player, which is something that the Raptors really like and then have continuous needs for, it seems like, year in and year out. So, I guess I'm sleeping on him. I know you're not. I know probably some other people are not as well. But, again, I just need to see some more production from him to, I guess, stop sleeping on him. Okay, your team MVP. Yeah, so I'm on the opposite of sleeping on Scotty Barnes. I have Scotty Barnes as my team MVP. Uh, this may come as a surprise to a lot of people, but he was the rookie of the year, was all-rookie was all rookie. Uh, was all, all rookie team. Last two years, averaged basically averaged the exact amount, same amount of points per game, 15 uh, point three last year, six point six rebounds, which was down, but assists were up just a little bit, four point eight. Uh, his three point shooting has been down as a whole. His career is twenty nine percent last year, twenty eight point one. Three throw three sorry free throw percentage did go up by two percent. Field goal percentage went down by two percent, but I think he also shot a lot more uh, contested threes last year. But his win share the last couple of years have been right around uh, five to six games uh, when he. Five, five to six games and he's been overall a really efficient shooters uh career field efficient field goal percentage is at 50 percent uh i think as a whole he's going to take a, a lot bigger step forward i'm going to predict that he's going to be in the 20 points per game this year uh he's going to probably stay probably stay around the six seven point, uh, rebounds per game i think it's gonna be harder to stay right around i think his assist may go down to four points a game not be closer to the five but i have scotty barnes uh just taking a step forward I think that he's going to be the guy who's going to take over for uh, a guy like Pascal Siakam. Uh, both they're both pretty similar. I see. I know Siakam plays a little bit more down uh, down the trenches, play a little bit more uh, more towards the basket, but all around has a really good game. And I think that's what they're going to try to mold Scotty Barnes around. And now you have a lot of these younger guys uh, they have, or guys who are right there in their mid twenties or later uh, mid to later twenties or these rookies like Grady Dick, that they're going to try to evolve the game around Scotty Barnes, like how they have been uh, Pascal, especially if Pascal does end up leaving uh, to go to go to a team that is more championship ready. I'm going to go with Pascal Siakam as my team MVP. I really like Pascal Siakam. I feel like I get him every year in my fantasy basketball league. Cause I know he's going to be consistent. He's not going to be, you know, the prototypical star that, I guess maybe the Raptors are expecting him to be. Maybe he's a good, solid two-star on a really good team. I'm not too sure. Um, but for me, for the Raptors, I've always liked Pascal Siakam. I think he's a guy that, again, he's one of the facilitators for the Raptors. He's one of the reasons why the Raptors have success. Actually, the main reason why they have success, in my opinion. And I think this year's going to be no different. You know, I think there's a lot of surrounding guys around him. And especially with Fred Van Fleet gone, I think his opportunity for production continues to grow. And that's one of the reasons why. I wouldn't say Fred Van Fleet wasn't, um, was holding him back, but I do believe that it took away a lot of production. I think it's just Pascal Siakam's time to shine. Okay, keep the draft picks as well as free agent or offseason moves. So for my draft pick, I'm going to go with Grady Dick. I really like Grady coming out of uh, Kansas this year. I think this position that they needed was more as a point guard, shooting guard, especially lo- losing Van Vliet. Uh, who was the point guard but played more like a shooting guard, wasn't much of a distributor as much as compared to a lot of the other point guards. And I think that Grady Dick, he's going to go to that power forward position, or not power, sorry, shooting guard position, while they have Dennis Smith be more of that uh, 
lead point guard position. Last year, he at, at Kansas City averaged 14.1 points, 5.1 rebounds, 1.2 assists. His three-point percentage was at four. Uh, was at 40%, 44.2 from the field, 54.7% was his efficient field goal percentage, which is really good. Uh, he was a Big 12 All-Freshman, uh, and he was also part of the uh, All-Big 12 team. Uh, he's a bigger point guard, being 6'8", 205 pounds. But again, he's going to be a shooter there, uh, especially if Dennis shooter, he's going to be more that true point guard. So it's not going to be something that, Great extent to worry about. The only thing that he's going to worry about is probably going to be Gary Trent, just because they both have very similar games where they're really good three point shooters uh, and more of scores. They aren't the best defenders. The thing that works for Gray Dick is one, he was one of the top picks for them. So, uh, so obviously, they're going to want to roll towards them. It's just going to be hard trying to transition over, especially for how much uh, they were relying that they relied on uh, Gary Trent. For, but for offseason moves, I really like the pickup of Jalen McDaniels. Uh, first with the Hornets last year, saying six years, and now with the Raptors last year, played 80 games, averaged 9.4 points, 4.3 rebounds, 1.4 assists. And he's also one of those guys who shoots the ball pretty well, 45% from the field, 33% uh, field, field goal is efficiency, field goal percentage is at 51.8, basically 52%. He's 20, he is 26 years old, so uh, on the in the middle of his 20s, uh, still not, I wouldn't say super young, but he's still on the younger side, uh, which is definitely what we've seen the last couple of years. Uh, this team try to go was to the younger side uh, in comparison to where they were at. Then the next one's going to be Dan Schroeder. Uh, I talked to, I know I said it was my bus, but I do like him as being more of that true point guard. As I mentioned before, I think his points are going to go down, but I think his rebounds are definitely going to go up, uh, especially now because they don't really have another like true point guard or someone who can relate to being a true point guard on this roster. While the other guards are shooters, guys like Gary Trent and Grady Dick. So for me, obviously Grady Dick was the first guy who's their only draft pick as well. I mean, he's a drip master. He's also a tremendous shooter. I think he has a similar game style to Clay Thompson and the Raptors need a good shooter. This is a team that was 28th and three point shooting last season. They don't have Fred Franklin. Obviously we know that. And it's struggle. This showed. And, and going into this season, I think it's going to be something that has to be addressed because they can't keep going the way that they've been going and expect to have success because we see it in every every avenue of the NBA. It's like if you can't shoot, you're not going to have success. I mean, that's why the, the Celtics had success because they can shoot, but they can play great defense. The Raptors can play great defense, but they can't really shoot. So getting a guy like Grady Dick, uh, who is a good shooter there, was a good shooter at Kansas, as you mentioned, is going to be huge for them. And it's a guy that can be like a longevity pick. I mean, it can be a guy that can help them for the future. And that's something that they do desperately need. Next for my offseason moves, I'm going to go with Jalen McDaniels, as you mentioned, four from the 76 Sixers, Hortis, all that stuff. So, solid fundamentally player. He plays both sides very well. Tremendous amount of potential with him. He's a great catch-and-shoot shooter behind the arc, which is another reason why I think that they did sign him. I think you mentioned nine points per game last season. More of an opportunity, I believe, here in Toronto, and he's still 25. He's got years to develop into his prime and continue to be you know, one of the more prolific players in the league. And I think he can fit really well with the Toronto Raptors. I think it's a perfect fit for him. And this is where we're really going to be able to see him shine. Maybe this is, could make an argument as a potential breakout candidate um, if, if you wanted to put him as a breakout candidate as well. And then I'm going to go with Garrett Temple, guard from the Pelicans. He's 37 years old. so more of a veteran presence. He's good leadership in the locker room. He probably won't see tons of time, especially a lot of the young guys that they do have at the guard position and on the team as a whole. But he is the guy that you can have reliance on. And again, 
as I talked about in yesterday's show, I mean, you can have a good veteran presence manning your back half of your rotation because it's just it's just good to deal with that sometimes and know that, yeah, if you can go to the bench, um, you're going to be just fine and, and have guys that are going to be good facilitators. And that is Garrett Temple, who they can utilize to help shooters around the outside and have success there. So those are the two key offseason moves and obviously Grady Dick. I did mention Dennis Schroeder as well, but I've already talked about him, so there's no point in adding more to him. Okay, your two keys to success. So for my first key to success uh, is build for the future uh, next year or two years. I mean, you're able to go out and potentially go uh, get a couple more veterans, uh, be able to trade from because of how many young pieces you have. If you want to solidify uh, Pascal Siakam and uh, keep him there as a Raptor, if you don't want to move on from him and go more of the youth movement, you have guys you're able to trade. They really like Gary Trent. Uh, he's been solid for them, really good shooter. But you have some other guys you're able to trade around. I mean, maybe someone would want Joachim Pertl. I mean, who knows? Uh, they'll probably keep keep guys like Schroeder. But, I mean, like, you can move on, potentially move on from OGN, OB, if you really want to, and someone else. Or Joachim uh, and OG trade for maybe another guy. I don't know. It, it's really weird because they have a lot of guys that you don't really want to move because they are still pretty young or they're right at that age where, like, they could definitely help to – help you be a contender but you also don't have anyone who's like sticking out to be like all right we could trade him for a big piece this next year or for the season to win so it's, they're in a weird spot where they they're they're not they don't have a team where they're really going to win right now uh, especially for how tough the eastern conference has been uh, especially the top top of the eastern conference that uh, has been the last couple years uh, but their team like also isn't young enough where it's like all right we'll just not let's just play all our young guys and hope we get a top pick next year and be able to win that way. So they're they're in an interesting situation for that. My next one is let let Barnes take the next step. It seems like whenever he gets the ball, uh, he hesitates whenever he wants where he's going to shoot. He's going to make the wrong uh, play. He's going to make the wrong move. Make the wrong decision. It seems like they they always they are having him like second guess everything. They don't let him just play. It seems like he always just tries to get the ball to Siakam. Let Siakam. Uh, make the make the call, make the move of what what they're going to do offensively. Let let Barnes be able to be that guy. Let, let him take over that role and be that number two guy and be able to make those decisions and uh, have him have him be confident in making those decisions decisions while he's out there. So my first key to success, I had touched on it earlier, was just the twenty eighth and three point shooting. It has to be better. They have to score. I mean, they're a good defensive team, but they have to score. They have to find you know that one or two guys, especially with Fred Van Fleet gone signed a deal with Houston. I mean, he was their main source of shooting. And they got to find ways to adapt and overcome. They got to find ways to have good perimeter shooting because that's essential, especially in these divisional matchups per se. I mean, I know the NBA goes off of conference, not divisional, but you still play divisional opponents four times. That's, what, 16 games right there against these teams that could prove dividends in the Eastern Conference. These are high-scoring teams, and you need to be able to score at an effective pace. So we'll see who's going to be able to step up for the Raptors. Is it going to be Pascal? Is it going to be Scotty Barnes? Is it going to be OG? Is it going to be somebody completely new? It's got to be somebody or multiple people. Otherwise, I think the Raptors, I wouldn't say are screwed, but they're just in a bad position. And finally, defense wins championships. It kind of piggies back off of, um, what I had said earlier about the defense, but quite literally in this case, defense wins championships. Think back to when Kawhi Leonard was on the Raptors and how good the defensive team they were, and they beat the Warriors there in the NBA Finals. So you're going to need more of that, and you're going to need that to be the catalyst there. And 
yeah, you're going to have to have a good amount of defense, but you're also going to have a good amount, need to have a good amount of shooting as well. And that's why I feel like those two keys to success kind of coincide with one another. And that's one of the reasons why with the Raptors, you really don't know. Because you see with a lot of teams, every team, I, sh- I shouldn't say every team, but most teams, especially teams that have success, have that one or two like star players that are like the best players in all of the NBA. And I just don't feel like the Raptors have that. And it's not the worst case scenario, but it doesn't seem like the best case scenario as well. So finding the equal balance between the two can definitely determine whether or not they have success or not. Okay, and then your division or conference standing prediction. So where I have them finishing uh, in the conference, I have them finishing 12th. As I mentioned before, they're in that weird spot. And as you mentioned, they don't have those like star players, uh, like that super flashy, big name guys. Siakam... Is obviously, has been obviously really good the last few years. Uh, ever since that run or the championship that they won there with Kawhi. But they won that with Kawhi. I mean, Kawhi is a big-name superstar, uh, and they don't have another one of those guys. So, like, they're in a weird situation. That's why they're in 12. They're not one of those top guys like the Celtics, Bucks, 76ers, along those lines. But they also aren't, like, one of the worst, like, bottom-tier teams. But they're definitely starting to get down there. Uh, because they are in that weird situation and like they have young guys who could potentially make a difference if they take that step forward like a Scotty Barnes but we kind of know who OG OJ Anobi is we know who Jalen McDaniels is saying we can see Precious take a step forward and get more minutes uh, but we know who got they we know who most of their guys on their team are there's a couple guys who may come out and surprise us but they don't have another star superpower superstar power type guy that you really have to worry about uh, on the offensive side of the ball. So other than finishing 10th, I don't think they'll finish 12th, but they have the potential to. I think they'll make that final uh, playing game there. This isn't a team that's great. I don't think they're a team that's terrible. There's just a, a lot of unknowns with this team. As I mentioned, they don't have that one big star. They have a bunch of little stars that can develop into stars. could either be, you know, third in the East or 15th in the East. So I'm going to go ahead and go with 10th. I think they do make you know, the playing game. I would be curious to see if they do win it. I think they can, um, you know, as time goes on. But all in all, you know, you got to see more production from them. Otherwise, I can't buy the hype of the Raptors. But I think they're in the right direction. There's just a little bit more fine-tuning they need to do, and they need to get back into, um, you know, their winning ways. And once they're able to kind of get that connection there, and once these guys start panning out, uh, they're going to be more successful. But they also kind of got to start panning out soon because guys like Pascal and Siakam are – not necessarily starting to get up there in age, but past their prime per se. And that obviously wouldn't be good because then you'd have to go to like a complete full rebuild and um, you wouldn't be competing, it seems like, for a while. So we'll see what the Raptors season has in store. There's a lot of things that will either determine success for the Raptors or a lot of the things that will not be good for the Raptors. So hopefully for a lot of people out there, I'm, I'm assuming um, it's, a, it's a lot of good things there. Well, thank you guys for listening to another episode of The Truth. I hope you guys did enjoy it. If you guys did, make sure you follow The Truth on Twitter at The Truth as one to stay up to date with the latest information regarding The Truth, including podcast dates, podcast uploads, and other important information of value. We have gone through four teams in this Atlantic division. We have one more left, the New York Knicks, another very interesting team. We hope that you guys do join us for that. Until next time, I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Hessen, joined once again by AJ Ponciano. Take care and good night.